This is Sports Medicine Weekly, Chicago and the Midwest premier sports medicine program. Our producer, Shane Reardon. Our coordinating producer is Teresa Ann Seeger. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. To access prior shows, interviews, and valuable resources on sports injury and fitness, you can visit our new blog at smwhome.net or sportsmedicineweekly.com. Dr. Cole, of course, is the uh, head team physician for the Chicago Bulls. Getting ready, Dr. Cole. Another month or so. I can't believe their first preseason game is the last Sunday in September. It's the earliest to ever remember. I know. Uh, I know. Yeah, they're, usually... they're home against New Orleans right. on Sunday, I think the 30th of September. Yeah. Usually they're starting training camp by then, but exactly. they've really moved everything up. So, uh, yeah. I'll be coming in as my 19th year as radio host of the Bulls. That's amazing. I'm just excited. How many years for you? We're, I think, 14. Is that right? Yeah, That's 14 great. or 15. Yeah, no, I want to say it's 15. It could be 15. You know, I'm year. trying to think. I didn't really look hard at the schedule. So it playoffs, if we're, which will probably be there. Hopefully. Certainly for the first round. Mid-April. Yep. Is, occurs at the same time. And as far as I know, it's the same time. It's kind of the same week, first week of April-ish, right? Well, we play, I think, five finish. games in April. Yeah, and then it's done after the yeah. first week, right? That's typical. So I'm trying to figure out, did, is the season, did they just spread it out by one week? Because you're right. We usually do physicals last part of September, first part of October, camp starts, and then, you know, really the first week of October is when the first games are. Right. Well, they used to have nine, up to eight or nine preseason games. Right. Now they have five which is amazing, which is great because I think the, the preseason games are too many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So right. they are moving the season up, but they wanted to avoid the four games in five nights. And I guess no NBA team is going to play four games in five nights. And they are trying to avoid the back-to-back sure. games. And which, there are fewer yeah. back-to-backs. You still have to play them. Yeah, I know, which we've talked about, which is a fascinating concept because it isn't – we don't know with certainty that it's a problem, you know, from an injury point of view. But clearly, from a common-sense perspective, it, 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 it's, it's a good practice to, to try to minimize that for sure. Absolutely. And do you see um, a lot of foot and ankle problems with the Bulls? Yeah, you know, as you know, my area of interest and expertise is, is sort of sports medicine, but shoulder, elbow, knee – Yet I see more foot and ankle problems initially than I see in, in any of those other categories. Just something as simple as an ankle sprain, Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, or what we call heel spurs, uh, fifth metatarsal fractures, which are foot fractures, were the number one injury that was treated in at combine this year. So guys coming through, there you know we have sixty or so guys coming in. Uh, I would say. 20 to 30 percent of them had some history of a significant foot injury and many of them had surgery and screws in their in their in one of their foot bones so it's really common and um, it's somewhat of an epidemic I think it's not as well it's not as talked about as much as some of the other injuries because they're injuries that are treated and the timeline to get back is, is generally much shorter than say an ACL injury but the frequency much much higher of foot and ankle issues. Let's bring on one of your partners with Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, a foot and ankle surgeon and orthopedic surgeon Kamran Hamid. Thank you very much, uh, Doctor Hamid, for joining us. Uh, the topic is foot stress fractures, and I, that's probably a, a kind of a misconception people think out there. They're thinking of, you know, ankle injuries, ankle sprains, and then you bring in the word stress. Can you uh, define for us a stress fracture? Ah, yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. Sure. So a stress fracture is when a bone in the foot undergoes a certain amount of stress, obviously, that uh, results in a microscopic uh, crack or fracture that propagates through the bone. 
Uh, this is something that is often not visible on plain x-rays and requires an MRI or CT scan to look at. Uh, even though it's not that impressive on imaging, it can still be very, very painful as there's micromotion that occurs in that area. Um, stress fractures are essentially caused by the demand of the bone um, outpacing what it's capable of providing. So um, we see this uh, a lot in um, we see this a lot in patients that are preparing for marathons um, or are uh, you know are professional athletes that play a lot of uh, games back to back. You know, this came about from, as a question um, where an individual uh, wrote into our, uh, our Ask the Doc segment and said, look, I'm a 28-year-old active male. would love to hear you guys talk more about causes, prevention, treatment, and so forth of, you know, uh, foot stress fractures and fifth metatarsal issues. One thing that I think is a little uh, confusing to people is we have these so-called Jones fractures, these fractures that people have to put a screw in. But correct me if I'm... Uh, uh, wrong, the stress fracture is is different and is treated much different most of the time. Is that fair to say? Uh, that's fair to say. So um, what we're referring to are called base of fifth metatarsal fractures. And so the fifth metatarsal is a bone that sits on the outside of the foot, and it can be injured in a number of ways. And the Treatment and prognosis is very different, even uh, between fractures that are a few millimeters apart. So in the first zone, which is the one that's closest to the heel bone, uh, these are called avulsion injuries, and these are often caused by a twisting mechanism, and um, the fibers of the plantar fascia pull on the bone and rip off a little piece. These actually do very well without surgery. Um, they can heal bone to bone or sometimes with thick fibers in between. And uh, usually people get, are able to get back to sports no problem. And that's sort of your, like, dancer's fracture, right? Uh, that's uh, actually a little more, um, uh, a little closer to the heel. The dancer's fractures are uh, oftentimes in the, in the mid-shaft. Um, they're a little bit... Uh, and that's and that's control. why I have you as a partner doing foot and ankle. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a dancer can certainly get that fracture, so you're not uh, you're not wrong, Doctor Cole. But um, the uh, the typical dancer's fracture is actually in the shaft of the uh, of the metatarsal, of uh, this metatarsal. The um, the zone two is uh, uh, one that's a little bit further away from the heel, but not quite in the dancer's fracture region. And uh, this is the one that has the eponym of the Jones fracture. Uh, this is the problem child that. Uh, we see a lot of in NBA basketball players. Right. Uh, if you treat this one non-operatively, it may take uh, potentially um, up to even six months for uh, the uh, for the player to heal. And uh, obviously, this is uh, not good for uh, anyone, uh, and certainly not for a high-level professional athlete. So this is one where we are pretty aggressive about going ahead and uh, fixing these. This is the same type of fracture that Kevin Durant suffered. Uh, and an interesting thing is that uh, a lot of times patients, uh, perhaps our players, get back to playing basketball uh, or their sport a little bit too soon, and they end up with uh, a refracture. Uh, and then when you have a refracture, that obviously is a more complex uh, injury. Um, Kevin Durant had to end up having a, a revision surgery where bone graft was placed, as well as other biologics, to try to stimulate bone healing and had another screw put in over there. The uh, the true stress fracture that we refer to in the base of the fifth metatarsal is actually even a little further than the Jones fracture. The, um, 
And uh, this is one where uh, it really depends on the demands of the individual and whether there is uh, uh, an incomplete or a complete fracture. But when people get a stress fracture on the outside of the foot, we have to wonder why they got the stress fracture. And so that could be because they are just running way more than they're used to because they're trying to ramp up before the Chicago Marathon. Or it could be because they have um, a mechanical issue with their foot. Um, The most common would be people that have very high arches. So if you have a very high arch, if you look at the bottom of your shoe, it wears out preferentially on the outside as opposed to the inside. So there's there's a lot more force that goes on the outside of the foot where the fifth metatarsal is. So people who, um, who are active and have very high arches are higher risk for developing stress fractures on the outside uh, part of the foot of the fifth metatarsal. Uh, again, depending on what uh, type of injury it is and where it is, uh, these can oftentimes be treated non-operatively, but um, if this stress fracture propagates into an actual fracture, then that's something that probably would require um, surgery. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning. Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole. You're listening also to the voice of Kamran Hamid, a doctor with Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, an orthopedic surgeon. Dr. Hamid talking about foot stress fractures. Dr. Cole? We're, we're almost short on time, but I just want to ask you, with these stress fractures, which are often related to overuse, uh, changing in um, training patterns and so forth, we tend to see them uh, more in women than men, actually. Um, do they? How often do they actually result in surgery? And are you most commonly able to get them well by just modifying their activities and easing them back into it? Sure. So the uh, the overwhelming number of these uh, end up being treated non-operatively. Uh, we manage them oftentimes by uh, activity modification, more supportive shoe wear, and sometimes we will add in things like vitamin D and calcium to stimulate bone healing. There are a few, such as uh, stress fractures that occur in the navicular bone, which is in the middle of the foot and has some very high stresses. That, along with um, those uh, sometimes in the base of the fifth, that uh, metatarsal that can require surgery. So uh, navicular one probably is the one that jumps out as the one that uh, aggressively needs surgery due to some poor blood supply in that area. But uh, almost everything else does uh, relatively well with conservative management. Final question, Doc. Uh, What's our takeaway then for the listeners? What should we be looking for when we think we may have a foot stress fracture? Sure. Um, I would say uh, the first thing you do is back off on your activity and um, uh, go see an orthopedic surgeon, uh, preferably one if you have access to it that is uh, fellowship trained in foot and ankle um, injuries. You don't want to miss something that is more than a stress fracture. Um, but, uh, but if that's what it ends up being, then the uh, treatment uh, almost always is to begin with conservative management. So uh, be wary of somebody who wants to operate on you maybe a little aggressively. Wonderful. Great stuff. Uh, Dr. Cameron Hamid from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Uh, Great stuff. Appreciate you joining us, Doc. All right. Thank you for having me. Have a good evening. You too. Still to come here on Sports Medicine Week, our Ask the Doctor segment. Up next, though, we're going to talk and visit with Dr. Dave Mishra from the West Coast, who founded Sideline Sports Doc. The idea behind the company simple, the way to teach non-medically trained coaches, parents, and athletes a simple method that allows them to recognize common sports injuries, make reasonable decisions about what to do next. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly, only on 670 The Score.